Hello, it's Tuesday, and on today's Tuesday lovely episode, episode it's of 9 a.m. on a Tuesday, we will talk over each other for one hour straight. No, I'm just kidding. Enjoy. No, don't we do talk that about too. we talk about kinks at Pride. Oh yes, honey, let me kink shame you. I am here to kink shame. That's what I came to do. Just kidding. You did the exact opposite. I we, know, talk, sure we talk about paper mache. Get into it, Ma. Oh, what? No. Arts and crafts, Steve. Arts and crafts. Arts and crafts. We talk about me stabbing myself in the eye with the oh, mascara God. wand. Video of the and, year. I hope that video gets a streamy award. You know what I'm saying? And we talk about <laughs> salad on your booty hole. Keisha, that's a booty hole. Keisha, that's a booty hole. Did you see the All-Star 6 premiere where Roger goes, you're going to see some booty hoe? Oh, there's booty hoe. Ooh, booty hoe. Why did we talk about that? We'll do it later. Bye. We'll do it later. Bye. Forever. Dog. When first choice is a big old bus. You turn around and boom, you end up with us. Our number is 213-536-9180. Are you most sloppy pot at gmail.com? Now on with the show. How you slapped you, stupid little fucks, you nasty little fucks, you stupid little fucks, you nasty little, dirty little, stupid little. We represent the Lollipop Guild, the Lollipop Guild, the Lollipop Guild. That was my shit. Did you like the Wizard of Oz? I did I don't think I ever fully comprehended it, and then I once I'm Big Dipper, and that's Meatball. Welcome to Sloppy Seconds. Not <laughs> oh, Big I'm Dipper sorry. Also, um, say our I, names, right? I'm Meatball, and that's Big Dipper. I don't Call think I ever. Call me by my name, first and foremost. Rip your pants. Now, I <laughs> don't think I ever fully comprehended like the meaning of that movie until I like watched it again when I was in my twenties, and what I was do you like, mean the meaning? Uh... "Be yourself. Be gay. Be yeah, the lion within like, you." Kill someone and steal their stuff and then defend it to the end. You know what mm, I mean? That's what you took from it. I think yeah. I took from it. You've already got all the magic in you. You got the music in you. Did you ever uh, watch that Mad TV skit? It's so funny. I wanted Mad to TV do. Mad TV was so funny. Mad TV was better than SNL. Um, I wanted to do it as a number, but she it's the Wizard of Oz. And she's like, yeah, just click your heels. And she's like, wait, the whole time? You mean the whole fucking time I could have gone home? And she like starts uh, screaming she at like she yes, kid, yeah, she's that. Like, it's so funny. Did you ever get Mad Magazine as a child? No. I used to read I, My parents never got me any magazine subscriptions. What did they get you? Columbia House? Did you have a Columbia House record? No. I would maybe get like new books at a book fair if I like <gasps> if I like if I just like begged my parents for them. You mean like the Scholastic Book Fair where you got that mm-hmm. little tissue paper you got a tissue thin paper pamphlet? Book. And you Good would for paper mache. <laughs> would you circle it? How would you no, fill it out actually, like a scantron? So we would get that pamphlet, go home with it, read it with our parents, circle what we kind of wanted, or and then we would go to school the next day and they would have all the books there. So you okay. could like walk up and down the aisle and like open them and Girl, look at them. Ours, you had a bougie time. Ours was an order form. You had to order from the catalog, and that was that on that diva. Well, they wanted us to like get a good look at them, Mm-mm. but I mean, even that, I had to like beg my parents. I'd always be like, "Are you sure? Like, what are you gonna do? Read it once and put it away?" And I was like, 
yes, I was I was going to learn to read. <laughs> My plan was literacy. Um, what is your uh, experience with paper mache? I've done it multiple times in my adult life, but and like I don't really remember doing it much as a kid. My experience is vast. I what? grew up. It's it's crazy, and I think about this. There were so many things that I considered like normal for my childhood that were very very unique. The neighborhood I grew up in had a like a like a park in the middle of the block. So uh-huh. instead of an, a system of alleyways, there was like a playground that was not a public. It wasn't a city-operated p- playground. Everyone who lived on the block like paid annual dues for the upkeep. And it was like a – I don't even know what to call it. It was like a shared-owned property. Like if – like when you bought a house – on that block, they were like, oh, and by the way, you are now part owner of this, like, playground behind the thing. So it was like a neighborhood organization. And every year there was a 4th of July parade in my hometown. And we would do float building. We would build what? these like, elaborate floats. There was always a theme. And so, like. This is very I, strange. I grew up. Where, this is outside of Chicago, right? Yeah, in Evanston. I grew up and and Evanston has this like annual 4th of July parade that at one point or another got like national attention because it's like the longest running or it's like the most entertaining or whatever. But it's like high school bands and like um this like famous tumbling group uh uh, tumblers by, yeah the jesse white tumblers jesse white who was the secretary of state of the state of illinois for a long time um wait did jesse white teach the tumbling or was he it just started named- the organization and he was uh. like teach tumbling and then when he got older obviously it was like young gymnast but anyways we would as the neighborhood association we would always make these floats and there would be like a little car that they would completely cover so it was like a moving whatever it was a swan one year it was a mountain one year it was like whatever the theme of the parade was and then all these little flats with wheels almost like a toy train and each of them was built by like a different group of families and so i grew up every summer like building stuff out of paper mache we would like we would like build it out of wood wrap it in chicken wire to like give it its form mm-hmm. give it cover shape. it in paper mache and then paint it and we'd make these like all these like 3d characters and it was always like dr seuss characters or disney characters and i'm gonna and- need to see a picture of them to see if they looked any good some years they looked okay others years they looked uh, boo 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 but okay. one year uh, i well i'll just tell, round out the story no, f- finish it off one year i was feeling very you know 13 years old independent i was like oh so my father and i had tried to build a go-kart that failed miserably so we had like, like a, an actual functioning one or just a paper mache one no a functioning one for me that was like our project throughout the year oh. come summertime it had failed like Making a brake and steering wheel system. No, like, that's not easy. Is very challenging. We were like, oh, we'll Especially put out of a, wood. a lawnmower motor in the back to run it and then make a thing. And we realized all we had really done was like put wheels on like a box of wood. <laughs> but we had the thing. And so I petitioned. I was like, if you guys, can I build my own miniature float? It was like a, a little version. We would hook it on the tail end. It was like a little caboose. And so I built a California raisin 
um, which is just like a blob of paper mache driving this little like go kart that we attached onto the back of the. Uh... Oh, that's funny. Yeah, those are some See, childhood now, memories that I have. The last paper mache thing that I. Well, no, one time I tried to make a paper mache mold of my face, but we uh-huh. did the, the plaster cast and then we put paper mache over it, but then everything <gasps> kind of lost shape. But the last thing that I actually built that I was proud of was one year for Halloween, my friend Zach was like, hey, let's make me, I, I want to be Jaws for Halloween, but he dun, wanted dun. a big shark to be around his body. Dun, so dun. we were like, cool, that'll be fun. So we did the chicken wire, we did right? everything. But it was me and Zach's roommate, Ben, making it. And Zach was just sitting in a chair drinking, pointing out everything that we were doing wrong. And Zach. so when it came time to start building the nose, you know, like a shark's nose is pointed. Right. But we were like running out of paper mache. So it slowly it was like kind of pointed. And then the top of it was just round. So he was just walking around in what looked like a trash can with an open mouth. Because it was just a rounded top. Did you paint it like a like we, a we painted thing? it gray, we put eyeballs on it, we like put little teeth on it. But also, I mean, we were in New York and we were like going out clubbing, so he was like walking into bars with this huge shark costume around him. Okay. And he could only stand in the corner and we'd like, girl, just take it off. Just take it off and leave it in the corner and then we'll never see it again. And he kept it on all night. And then at the end of the night, we all ended up back at my apartment and he was wearing it. And I was like, you have to take it off. You have to put it somewhere. And so he put it on my fire escape and we just left it on the fire escape for like a year. And it would rain. It it lived through the snow. But we were just like watching it shrink down and down and finally my roommate was like we have to throw that out and i was like at this point i'm going to see if it just disintegrates like i just want to see what <laughs> happens to it. it it's so funny people i feel like i feel like some people think about it and other people don't when it comes to like costume making and going out like that's such like a huge consideration at least for me when it comes to like pulling a look like halloween or even like girl people are gearing up for pride honey they really uh-huh. they want to go to Target. Buy my makeup palette at Hip Dot, baby. Oh, get yeah. that get that pride palette. Hipdot.com. $22 for the palette, $44 for the full kit, which comes with mascara, mm-hmm. eyeliner, and mm-hmm. a beauty blender. Also, if you go to Ulta.com, I think they ship out to more places than Hipdot does because it's Ulta. So $22 on Ulta and you can get the palette. Okay, what were you saying? Now about you're costume? an expert at applying mascara. Uh, yeah, when there's a mirror involved. Do you I stabbed have... myself in the eye so hard, it stung for a day. Do you have any lingering injury? No, I think I may have, like, scratched my cornea, because when I was, like, blinking the day after, it was, like, it felt like there was a piece of sand in my eye. Ugh. But there was nothing there, because I kept washing it out and putting eye drops in it. I think I'll be fine. But also... I'm very upset that, like, all the work and all the stuff that we put into, like, making these TikTok videos for the makeup palette and making the um, promo for it got overshadowed by me stabbing myself in the eye. And that video has, like, 130 likes or whatever on Twitter. It's but a way more iconic video, honestly. I mean, I, li- I thrive in chaos. Okay. Can I give you some um, constructive feedback? On what? Uh, choosing to wear, a like, a bang wig. That basically covers your eye makeup that when was... you're talking about an eyeshadow palette. Well, one of my eyes was out. Also, I was <laughs> I was wearing Diva. Oh no, I was wearing the were, same. The bangs were like this, and you're like, these colors are amazing. I'm like, 
where bitch? well also by the time i did so the live that okay so i did one live on hip dot okay let me just explain this i did one live on hip dot's instagram which i'll be uh-huh. doing throughout the month where i'll be giving away a palette every time i'm live on there oh but, so follow hip dot yeah go follow hip dot and i will they'll post about when i'm gonna go live but okay, so I had originally started with a live over there, and my makeup was like fine, and I was like, I'll just put a bang on because it like, it's okay. I and then on that live, everyone was like, use the glitters, put the glitters on. So I just started covering my face in the glitter palette, like the <laughs> mm-hmm. bottom portion of the palette, and then I went over to my live, and I was like, I really got to pull these bangs down because like what I did over on that other live, <laughs> if no one saw that, they're gonna be like, what the. F- Fuck Why do you look, look like, like that? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Why are you covered in glitter? That is not your thing. So anyway, that's what happened. I'm blind. I think I'm considerate about when I'm wearing costumes out in public, except for one year I did dress up as Chewbacca, but like sexy Chewbacca. <laughs> so I was like in a fur costume. I was a furry, but it was like cut can off shorts do, and stuff. Can you do But I was Chewbacca like, it's sound? too hot. <laughs> 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 Let's take a break. Well, and after that break, we'll talk about West Hollywood. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready-to-eat in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. When my fridge is stocked with Factor meals, I'm like, oh, baby, I don't have to think about this. Mm -hmm. Like... It is so nice. The combinations are so good. I am a meat eater, but the vegetable options, there are so many. Like, I remember I had like a, it was like a mushroom with pasta and like a cauliflower rice. And I was like, the mushroom is filling. Like, there's plenty of uh, portion, there's plenty of vegetable, and there's plenty of flavor. And I am usually sort of not a microwave person. Mm -hmm. Very cool that this quality of food can just be heated up in the microwave. And so fast. I also love it because I am a, a very much into ordering delivery. I and know. now having all the food there, I can kind of ma- pick what I want and it's ready in two minutes. I don't have to wait an hour for stuff to get delivered. And these are way healthier options than ordering delivery. Completely. And when they have multiple things in them, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, if I cook for myself, all I'm going to eat is the biggest bowl of pasta you've ever seen in your life. But this oh, is yeah. like, you get a little pasta and the chicken and a vegetable all in one dish. Looking for gourmet meals try meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon shrimp truffle butter broccolini and asparagus and factor meals eliminate the hassle of prepping cooking or cleaning up all you got to do is heat up and savor the good stuff customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little as you need pause to reschedule deliveries that suit your lifestyle and we're celebrating earth day all month long with factor look out for the earth month eats badge on the menu items for their lowest carbon footprint meals head to factormeals.com slash sloppy seconds 50 and use code sloppy seconds 50 to get 50 percent off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code sloppy seconds 50 at factormeals.com slash sloppy seconds 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. That's a sleigh, baby. 
Okay, and we're, we're back. back. Wait, Surprise. you want to talk about West Hollywood? I want to just let's put a pin in it. Let's talk about King Cat Pride after West Hollywood. Yeah, I don't understand what's going on with the kink at Pride. But um, well, yeah, so I just recently went to WeHo on a Thursday night thinking, because in my mind, everyone was like, WeHo's open. All the videos I see, it's like, it's fully back open. to normal, fully open. We're standing around bars. So me and two of my friends were like, well, let's go there. Like, let's go to Fiesta Cantina and get like a shitty dinner and like giant margaritas and party. Because she had just finished a comedy show at the Improv. So it's like right over there. So it made sense. So we go there. It's nine o'clock on a Thursday when we get there. There's the pictures, the images of it being open. It's all okay. First of all, most of the bars are closed, but like, I think it was because it was a Thursday, but there's just lines to get in everywhere now. Cause people like, it's are not s- still at capacity. Cause uh, LA, yeah. The California is not full capacity until June 15th. So right but now... I, see, I thought Thursday night, we ha- like, who's going to be out on a Thursday night? It should be easy. Trunks? Trunks. Trunks. I don't know places. what that is. Oh, it's like, if you go to... It's like... Hmm, how do I say this? It's like the Alcoholics Bar of WeHo. They'll pour you something real strong. You never really stay for long. It's like where you go to pregame before the night because the j- drinks are cheap and strong. They uh-huh. had a line. They had a huge line. So then I was like, well, let's see about Rocco's. And like from Trunks, which is like two blocks away, you could see the line at Rocco's. And then they were like still trying to rally. And I was like, no, I'm not going to stand in line to sit in a shitty gay bar. Because the deal is you have to stand in line in order to then get, get a table because yeah. you need a table to be in the bar. Got it. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a couple more weeks. I don't know. I don't know, girl. I don't know. I think a lot of the way things are going to happen are, is going to like shift a little bit, of course, even when things are wide open. Like, I'm still... You know, I'm finally feeling comfortable just strolling around outside without a mask on. And I'm like, I, mean, I, told I got you it in my pocket, Diva. Oh, yeah, I still wear mine. But um, I stayed inside for so long. I'm going out. <laughs> I'm taking advantage of it. I don't care. I'm we'll probably going out. We'll probably be shut down by September or some shit oh, yeah. again. Lockdown the spread's going to be full on blast. But I don't you know, care. I'm back. You know they're on lockdown in Melbourne right now. I they saw. Five cases. Good for them. They're taking it seriously. We would have 800 cases and they would be like, still time to open this city up, baby. Yeah, of course. I mean, we do. There are like 200 new cases every day, but that is not a pandemic. That is just regular illness moving around town. Okay, let's talk about kink at Pride. Let's talk about it. What is Pride if not a place to get your dick wet? You know what I'm saying? Right. So, obviously, your favorite person on the internet What's his name? Tristan or Christian? He's a Christian, Christian named Tristan. No, his name is Christian. It's Christian Walker. Um, <laughs> I came across a TikTok video of him talking about, don't put your rainbow flag on me. Girl, what a mess that child is. I cannot um, wait. I I cannot wait for him to grow up and be like, oh, I was oh, a shitty person. <laughs> right. Like, oh, no. <laughs> but I guess the so the conversation swirling is 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 a little bit something that I have dealt with as like a like an artist. You know, I'm an artist. Meatball. I do make music and I mm-hmm, do perform mm-hmm. that music live. Um, sometimes when I get booked for. Pride events, you know, sometimes they're parties at bars, 
go off. You got to be over 21. I can do the music the way I want. I can sing my songs about sucking dick. But other times, um, they are the main stage outdoors at a all ages free pride festival in front of the Capitol building or downtown in a plaza. And the promoter will say to me, like, you cannot cuss. You cannot be sexually explicit. You have to keep all your clothes on. And I'm like, well, why'd you book me, Diva? But I've had to, like, make those type of adjustments in the past. And, you know, initially I was, like, really, like, angry about it and kind of butthurt. And I was like, this is why I do it because of censorship, like, blah, blah, blah. After a while, I've, I've, I've come to the understanding that, like, okay, I get it. Like, it's a daytime Pride event at 2 in the afternoon. I'm happy to, like, say something other than, like, fill your butthole with semen in my song. Um, but the larger conversation is like getting rid of all of that in general everywhere during pride. And that seems like antithetical to the entire idea, like queer pride, gay pride, any of that all started as like a protest. It started as a riot, started as like an anti-establishment And there is something to be said for like acceptance and being brought into the fold of something mainstream, but the majority of that stuff is performative and only happens in June. It's not year round and it's not real, Mm -hmm. that acceptance. There are still so many anti-queer, especially anti-trans laws that are being passed and restrictions and like bullshit so it's not the time to like dumb it down. I rather say rather than like no kink at pride, it's like have a kids pride separate. Do a family pride separate. Yeah, do youth pride. Yeah, honey, have a they do youth prom or pride. Yeah, prom have a youth or- pride and then um it can be unoffensive. It, it there will be no kink, there will be no sexual thing and then have an 18 plus like Dory Alley pride. Have an 18 right. plus like Folsom. Like if you don't want to see it then don't go but i also understand that like there's the argument that like doing your kink in public at a place is in is i don't even know the word it's like pushing it on other people they're not asking to be a part of your kink and yet here they are seeing it happen and it could be triggering to them and if that's the case Go to a very homogenized heterosexual or heteronormative yeah, event. Yeah, go to the Wells Fargo Pride. Bank go Pride somewhere event. else. But like, here's the thing, and this is my opinion, and you can hate me for it. I want to the- see people getting their dick sucked. <laughs> I want to see someone getting flogged. I want to see puppies in a kennel. I want to see people dressed up like doggies, locked in a cage. Did you see this picture that Lockwood posted of me? No. Go to the no. Instagram. Hey everyone, follow us to Lockwood Fifty One, LA on Instagram. LA Lockwood Fifty One LA. That's not a picture of you. That's an old man. <laughs> Look at the shoes, baby. Look at the shoes. Get the shoes, uh, baby. Get the shoes. <laughs> Get the shoes, baby. That's me in twenty years. Um, no, but it's this like lovely picture of this man with like rainbow. What are those called? Sleeve. They're not gloves. It's like rainbow socks. They're like leg warmers, but on his arms. Yeah. And he's walking naked. He's fully nude with rainbow socks 
and a pair of New Balance shoes. Clearly, this is in San Francisco because the nudity laws are very specific there and welcoming and opening. And he's just like doing a walk for pride because for him, he's a gay man and he wants to be naked and it's legally allowed and he's doing that. Like, I I don't know. I, I, I just can't. That's what I've always loved about pride. And listen, fucking fuck you. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Maybe we can all just maybe we can look out for those people and maybe we can look out for ourselves by doing like kink area, like a kink feel or like 18 plus areas at Pride. Like only come back here if you're comfortable seeing something that you don't want to see. Stay on that side of the street if you don't want to see this man getting his ass blown out by a fist. Okay, so they when I did San Francisco... Uh, when I performed right after Kamala Harris gave it, uh, uh, an address on the same microphone. Lock her up. No, she's our vice president. What's wrong with you? I mean, she doesn't do great kidding. things, but shout out to she her. She loves the police. Okay. <laughs> she is the police. Um, she- when I did San Francisco Pride, uh, I had to like censor my lyrics, but before my performance, we walked around and they had a sober area, like an area that, there was no alcohol in it whatsoever. They had a what, kid what, zone or a family asking, zone, and then they had a kink zone. These people are basically being like, I want to go to a bar, but I don't want to see any alcohol. Like, I want to go to Pride, but I don't want to see any kink. But okay, so what about the gay people who are going like, yeah, there shouldn't be any kink because you that makes everyone think that like gay people just means bestiality and pedophilia and weird sex stuff, and we're normal just like Guess you. Guess what? It does. Stop. We're all pedophiles. No, I don't know. I don't, I kind of understand their argument because I do think that like. By putting so much of that stuff on display, it makes it seem like we're all sexual deviants and like, but also I don't want to be the person that's like, why can't you just act like a normal gay person? Because there is no such thing. Like, you can't be like, why can't you act like a normal straight person? What does that mean? You're a what? White serial killer? Like, what is a normal straight person? I mean, but we are- They're up to weird shit too. We are light years ahead in the like acceptance of- Every kind of whatever, the polyamory, the pup play, the, uh, you know, we're like, cool. If it, you know, don't yuck the yum. If it's, if it's cool for you and it's consenting for you, go for it. And, and to me, I'm like, I want to see every possible thing that anyone wants to put on display when it comes to a pride. I am in full support of it. Um, and the, the queer folks who are like, I don't want that to represent me are the same kind of people who don't understand that whatever other part of their identity is, it's not a monolith. We are all a tapestry of like completely unique and different types of people. I don't know. All brought together by our need to not have sex with the opposite sex. But that's not even true. Queer people, there are pansexual people and bisexual people and opposite is relative. When you talk about gender spectrum. Exactly. You know what? Exactly. So what you're saying is you agree with me? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's a complicated issue, but like, damn, why are they being so crazy about it? Well, what it is, is I think it's, I mean, I love when we talk about TikTok, but it's, it seems like it's a bunch of like, Gen Zers on TikTok being like, 
don't I don't want to see kink. It's not my thing. I don't like that. And you're putting me in it. And I just don't. I mean, don't go. Can I say something controversial? You agree about triggering? Yeah. I feel like trigger warnings are important, but I also feel like if you need a trigger warning for every for for like so many things at a certain point you need to be able to protect yourself from exposure to certain things does that make sense yes because at a certain point if you're like well anything related to rape culture is incredibly triggering to me it's like well then you cannot watch tv or like look at ads because Everything, you know, to quote uh, um, Alana from Broad City, everything is misogynistic rape culture. You know what I mean? And so I I obviously think that if it's like, I'm going to tell a horrific story about sexual assault, that requires a trigger warning. Or I'm going to tell a story about, you know, something violent or gruesome. Like, that's like, hey, FYI, skip the next five minutes or whatever. But if you're walking around in the world and like a car alarm goes off and you're like, oh, my God, it's like. Well, you need to understand, like, you need to prepare, you need to fortify yourself to do that. And a little bit of me is thinking. You also can't victim blame. You can't be like, you shouldn't be triggered. Of course. But I'm saying you, there are certain things you can't control Yeah, that you're like, oh, I wish I had a trigger warning that that stoplight was going to go red. And every time I see red, I blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, then you're, you can't go out into the street and you need to find a thing to solve that. You yeah, but I guess saying? I completely agree and I understand. So if that, everyone like, is saying no kink at pride because the idea of like looking over and seeing two people, you know, the term people ever is like hooking up behind a dumpster is triggering to me. It's like, well, then there needs to be a, a safe pride, safe space pride that is non-sexual that you create or do whatever you can't alter because other people want to celebrate in that exact way. But uh, yes, I don't like doing drugs. The- when people pull coke out in a room, I walk away. Yeah, I know. And I'm always like, where are you going? We're in the middle of a conversation. No, I I um I also know that like a lot of prides are like super clean now. Like before I screamed at LA Pride, like there was so many rules you couldn't do anything in there. There Girl, was like LA Pride was just a music concert. Yeah, exactly. And it seems like that that's what these people want. And it, if they do, there are those things for you. Don't go to a real pride then. Go to one of these vi- music concerts with a rainbow on it. End of list. Well, let's take a break. We'll be right back. Stay out of my pride, you bitches. <laughs> Where's the Coke? All right, we are back. We're back. Oh, that was good at the beginning, and then it got rough. Have you watched any? I want to watch like a film that I'm very excited about, and I haven't encountered a film. Are you? Did you watch? Did you watch the Friends reunion? Yes. Okay, I haven't watched it yet, and what I did is I saw that it was happening, and then I saw Friends was on HBO Max, so I hit play on Friends, and I was like cleaning and doing whatever because I've seen all of it. And, and now you I'm were like just watching Friends? Rewatching Friends, and now I'm sort of like in it, and I'm like, 
Should I just don't. rewatch all of Friends and then it's watch the Friends so reunion? It's just so white. It's just so white and so long. It's like 10 seasons. They were number one, baby. Now, I will say that the... The first very, season is good. It's very funny to see them interact now as adults. Well, they were adults back then. But as like older people who have probably not all been in the same room for a long time because all of their senses of humors are, are totally are, different. Are different. So like one person will say a joke and then they'll all just kind of be like, oh, yeah. And like it's just not, it does not land. Also, James Corden is there and he's so sweaty. He's like trying so hard. It's like so annoying. Oh, no. Well, I'll be interested to see. I just I'd say t- watch it just because it's like funny, and there are some funny behind the scenes things that I never knew. Like Ross hated that monkey. He oh. hated that monkey because the, they would feed the monkey treats or whatever, like, and the treats would be like mealworms or maggots, so it would like rip it open. But they would feed it on his shoulder, so he would just be getting like mealworm and shit on him, and he would eat it, and then like touch his face and do all this stuff. And I don't know. It just seemed like a nightmare. I always feel like so wild about their styling. Cause you know, when the when when Friends started, they were meant to be like twenty-five and twenty-six years old. Mm-hmm. And they like had jobs. They were like suit jackets on a Saturday. And I also feel like styling, especially female styling at that time, like makeup, hair, and there was still the carryover. There was like the leftover from the 80s big shoulders. So sometimes like the high-waisted mom jeans and the sort of jackets with the huge shoulders. I'm like, But it would be like everyone, an olive jacket. It would be right, like a very odd color. Everyone looks like they're fucking, they're, I feel like they're styled like they're 40 or 45. And they're like, I'm 24. I'm dating a 19-year-old. Like, I was like, that. it, it is so interesting how that works like, generationally also, who do you think has the most money out of all of them now i don't know i think it's um do you know the jennifer answer? aniston I, yeah well, i mean I, my, the answer that i heard was jennifer aniston i assume jennifer aniston because she became ross, the biggest movie star yeah she did movies and david then ross schwimmer did, david schwimmer just, produces a ton of stuff and lisa then kudrow I heard has it's had lisa is super third. successful other yeah shows like multiple other shows that have done really well and then um 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 courtney cox joey leblanc he did his name is not joey leblanc his name is matt leblanc matt LeBlanc. he's done episodes for like so many seasons and then and courtney cox did cougar town and a couple other shows cougar town was so good when it was about her fucking young people and then i got weird so, season so three. three episodes no season- they made the switch pretty quickly yeah, and they kept on trying to change the name of the show, and the network was like, that's not how TV works. <laughs> I spoke to someone who had done her hair and makeup, mm-hmm. and he said that on on the Thursday and Fridays that they would shoot, she would be drinking real wine on set. On Cougar Town? Yeah. Yeah, I get they got into a rhythm, girl. Because you only shoot for like four or five hours, so if she's just I drinking like for four also- or five hours. No one like writes that aggressive wine drinking into a show randomly, unless all the actors are like, "Yeah, we love drinking wine." <laughs> yeah, give me all the wine. The, it's so much of it. Who was I talking to recently? Oh, my friend who who acts on TV. I was saying something about a show they were on, and I was like, "It's a lot of scenes of just sitting around." And she's like, "Yeah, all TV is right now because of COVID is like people seated at tables 
talking. Like, <laughs> that's all it is. Oh, Unless you're like an action show. Unless you're um, The Oval. Oh, my God. We should watch that. We should do a, a, I saw those a sloppy washery. That is so crazy. All right, let's get to these voicemails. I sent you three. I, I got think- two. And this one is called Salad Fingers. Mm-hmm. Hey, Meatball. Hey, Big Dipper. Um, so I guess I have a story. Uh, <laughs> I used to be with this one guy, and um, he was one of those who could, like, one of those guys that could, like, come multiple times in a night or throughout the Love. whole sex process thing, whatever, whatever we want to say. Anyway, <laughs> um, so uh, about, you know, after position I was every but five or six loads later. Wait, 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 wait. After a jigger about Okay, so he's saying five or six loads later. Yeah, he must be drunk. Jesus. He uh comes and like shoves his fingers in me and like starts spreading the come around inside and like feeling it and whatnot. And um <laughs> normally I would think it would be hot, but <laughs> so he pulls his fingers out and shoves them in my mouth. <gasps> and the next thing I know, I um have a piece of salad on my tongue. And everything was clean. Suddenly up, enough, like, well thank God everything was clean. Um uh, but yeah just this clean piece of salad just sitting there on my tongue that he pulled out of my ass and um all cummy and soggy it was extremely a bit like you could see it on my face but apparently like he didn't know it was happening he didn't know that it happened um so yeah that's why i don't have salad anymore no i'm kidding uh that's why i just don't eat salad like, when I know I'm going to be having sex. All right. Bye. This r- spoke to me on a different level because <laughs> guess what? We're about to talk about poop, everybody. Um, I, when I uh, eat, like, a big salad for dinner, mm-hmm. you know, the next day there's just salad, like, undigested salad in my stool? Does that ever... I need to understand why that happens, and I feel bad that this man, it happened to them. I, yeah, I feel like every person has experienced the, like, oh, that food particle looks the way it did when it entered my body. That's why I stopped eating corn. Yeah, because you're like, well, what's the point? Like, yeah, my body just, isn't snatching anything from this. Yeah. I don't, you know, listen, I know we like to make a lot of medical claims on this show. I don't actually know the reason why some food gets digested and others don't. We need to have that doctor on. Yeah, doctor this Marcus would be a good conversation. I guess I'm fascinated by the idea that this person stated the salad was clean. How do you know? <laughs> Well, I mean, if you like do so it, it was got, just it like got sort sitting of in there, stuck, stuck to the wall. Stuck to the wall, and then you're like, I'm cleaned out, I'm cleaned out, I'm cleaned out, I'm cleaned out, I'm cleaned out. 
and then all the aggressive fucking dislodged it. The five or six times. And then it got lodged into with some cummies. And then maybe it was just so soaked in cum, you couldn't tell that it was also had like a thin coat of duty on it. This is wild. When I thought, when, when this said salad fingers, I thought the person put like romaine stalks on their hands. No, but remember when my old roommate Felony got E. coli from eating raw romaine without washing it? Next call. Oh my God. E. coli. That is a crazy story. A piece of salad on your tongue? That came from your like butthole? It, but it's also, I mean, it's also a little bit hot that he was just like jamming his fingers up in your hoo ha and then was like, suck on it. Yeah, that's like when people are like salad, clean it off honey. when they're talking clean about their day, and you're like, "Ooh, okay." I mean, I don't want to, but all right. Yeah. All right. Hey, swaps. So while I was living in New York City, I realized I had a rubber fetish, and I met a guy that had rubber mm. gear on an app called Recon, and we planned to meet up. And so I'm sure y'all know, but getting into latex, you need to get completely lubed up. So he covered mm. my entire body in lube, and he was. But he was so much smaller than me that when I tried to put his cat suit on, it wouldn't go past my ass. So I ended up just putting on, like, a hood and socks and gloves and whatever. We do what we do. And afterwards, I'm sitting there naked, covered in lube and sweat. And he decided it's the perfect time to play his, like, dark, creepy EDM music video for me. And it wasn't like a, oh, do you, oh, I make music. Do you want to hear my music? It was just like, here's a music video I made. And then Ugh. I met another guy on the same app and he had also met up with that same guy and he did the exact same thing to him. So yeah, I just thought it was weird that he did it more than once. Goodbye. <laughs> Has that ever happened to you where you're like, where you hook up with someone and then you end up sort of like, talking about hookups and then it becomes clear that you've both hooked up with the same person in the past and then you like joke about my old roommate one time because this was in la because there was this guy down the street who we, we both hooked up he was so hot but he like wanted to like when we went over there he would like make us sniff his shoe no he would sniff our shoes and then he like remember that one time he like came in my shoe and i wasn't wearing socks so i had to like Walk home with a cummy shoe. Oh, and then my roommate was like, Yeah, I, hooked up. I, I told you that, right? Ah, no and, socks. And, and squish, then anytime, squish, I, squish on your anytime I wore those shoes, I was just like, There's just dried cum in these. Oh um, and then my roommate, God. he was like, Wait, was that guy's name whatever? Because he also owned like a hair salon or something and would like offer to cut both of our hair. But then one time I hooked up with this guy and he. And it was also in Burbank. And he afterwards was like, do you want to see what I do? And I was like, kind of just trying to get out of here. But yeah, and he's like, I'll show you on the way out. He like took me to his garage and showed me his like glass blowing kits and stuff. That's cool. Yeah. And I was like, that's really cool. But like, I'm not trying to make friends. Yeah, I feel like it's I feel like if you're using a sexual hookup to find a captive audience to watch your music video, you're sort of going you ever done that to the someone? wrong way. No, I have had, I have been, I I will tell you this, I have been like duped into because like I was so enamored with the person or they were so fine. I have sort of been duped into like revealing more than I want to after just one hookup. 
you know, they like just what? You know, they're like, what do you do? I always give this answer. I always say I'm a freelance producer because I feel like it of encompasses com. every right. Exactly. I'm a freelance producer of your orgasm happening while oh, your dick is baby. in my mouth. Because it's true. Like, I produce podcasts, I produce music, I produce videos. Like, I'm like, you know, freelance creative producer is what I say. And in the past, people have been like, oh, do you do this? You do this? You do this? And I'm like, yes. And then if if I feel like maybe they might be a repeat or a friend, I'm not going to try to lie to them. But I have definitely, like, after fucking a guy laying in his bed in, like, the Hollywood Hills in some, like, beautiful house he like pulled up my music videos on YouTube. Cause I like gave him more information and we sat there and he like watched a music video that I was embarrassed of. Um, Which one? No, I'm not going to say. Little April showers. Like literally nine months after every video comes out, I'm like, I'm embarrassed of that video. Same. Same. <laughs> but we nine like sat there I and anything, I'm like, I'm like, like, Oh God, I have your like, your butt juice, all of your cunt juice still on my dick. And you're like watching me do something that I feel is so non-sexual right now. But are you into rubber? No, I'm not. I've never really, I've never, well, I've never tried, but I think it looks sexy, but I don't think I have the body type for it. Yeah. I feel like anything that makes it like hotter, you know what I mean? Not for me. Yeah, Not for me, Diva. I, and and like we were talking about earlier, costuming. You were saying that you think about costuming a lot when you before you go out for things like Halloween and stuff. I feel like you're lucky because you don't have to wear like six inches of padding and have giant titties on your chest and like a corset that doesn't breathe. Like you get the option to like have airy clothing, but I need to be like covered up by all that stuff and then another layer of usually a fabric i try to use fabrics that breathe but like non-stretch or stretch fabrics don't really breathe right so like a non-stretch it's like harder to look good in because it's got to be fitted like it's just like all this stuff and it's just like if i put on a cat suit it's over for me it, does it feel like I'm cheating? If because every time I know I'm gonna do a stage look, but then like maybe I'll go out, so maybe I want to turn a look, or maybe I do whatever. But I always show up in street clothes and with my little bag with me, and then I change backstage. And I know like in New York, a lot of queens or performers leave the house in their look. To me, it's like a functionality thing. I know I'm gonna be dripping in sweat after, so I need a change of clothes. And I also know like out in the world, I'm not trying to be like look at my sparkly thonged ass i just want to be a regular person when i'm not on stage yes and oftentimes when i get off stage i immediately switch into like sweatpants and a t-shirt to walk around the bar your body is a wonderland wait your body is a mess your body is a wonder bar boom boom Okay. Well, listen, we made it to the end. Thanks for those great voicemails. Everyone's doing an amazing job at um, being more concise. So shout out to you and yours. To you and yours, baby. So listen, and if you're the guy with the 512 number who calls three times a day, (gasps) we love What's he doing? Harassing? No, he just leaves like, he just like has a lot of stories that he needs to get out. And he like sends a bunch of them. 
Um, but I don't have wanna, we played one? We've we've already played like I think three of them, so I want to oh, like let girl. other people start a podcast. Be heard. I didn't realize that it was him until <laughs> hey, until I started start looking. I think it's five one two. But until I started looking at the like, the you can numbers. search by the number, and I was like, holy shit! So yeah. we gotta. He was the one who uh, met the porn star in Palm Springs. Anyway, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Sloppy Seconds. If you want, you can call in with your own fuck talk story to 213 536 uh, you can find us on Instagram at Big Dipper Jelly and Spiciest Meatball or Fat Drag Meatball on Twitter. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode, which come out on Tuesdays and Fridays. And Meatball or Mondays and, I will and Thursdays be- if you pay for Forever Dog Forever Plus. Plus. And Meatball and I will be out every single night this week waiting in line in West Hollywood. So come say hi. Absolutely Give us a hug. Not. Spit in Meatball's mouth. No. Meet Bye. me at Akbar. Bye. Doodle doot doot forever dog. To listen to Sloppy Seconds ad free and one day early, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Sloppy Seconds is produced by Forever Dog and Moguls of Media, aka Mom. Hosted by Big Dipper and Meatball. Music, editing, and sound design by William Pitt. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Joe Cilio, Brett Boehm, and Alex Ramsey. Our artwork was drawn by Christian Cimarroni. And our theme song was written by Mike Malarkey.